listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Good days. Welcome to the Good Days Podcast with Eddie and Charlie. And uh, Eddie is out right now. Both Eddie and I are, are running all over the country with camps uh, for the next two months. And so uh, I get to be joined today with a very special guest. His name is Steve Anderson, or affectionately known by the Millions Big House. Yes, thank you. Man, thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. I'm excited. So we go back a ways. We do. And our story actually didn't start on a very uh, pleasant note. I remember I was speaking um, up at Kentwood Community Church, yep. and it was a 30-hour famine thing that we do back in the day, and people still do that. Yep. And uh, uh, so Jeff Ecker had me up to speak. I met you. He goes, you got to meet this guy named Big House. And so uh, it's like, yes. He goes, he's, he's the only Michigan fan I know that, that knows the history like you do. <laughs> And so, uh, um, so that first session, I remember doing that, and we're getting ready to roll into a couple more the next that night and the next morning when I, I got the call about my sister passing, right, uh, unexpectedly, and and on her fortieth birthday. So that was a weird beginning to our relationship, but uh, it was uh, you made a huge impact, and since that time, man, we've had some good days. No doubt, no doubt, dude. I I talk about them often. And, I uh, mean, I always love hanging out with you for sure. So going back, your story is, is pretty incredible. As a business owner, as a person committed to ministry, as a volunteer, God has led you on this pretty crazy journey. What are you doing today? Well, today I currently, I'm with Athletes in Action. It's a parachurch ministry uh, under Crew or Campus Crusades. And I work with the athletes at Grand Valley State University over in Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. So we do Bible studies. We do some one-on-one stuff. Uh, we do, you know, community building camps. Uh, we have uh, large group meetings, and sometimes we just hang out and and play wiffle ball and kickball and that kind of stuff. But it's it's really just us pouring into these athletes as they navigate college. Um, a nice Christian community to see that guys and girls from other teams um, are also believers and how they can grow in their faith, but also. Or most importantly, honor and glorify the Lord in their sport. So, as our audience is is primarily youth ministry, and we know that sports are dominating the landscape. Right. In your time from a high school athlete till now, what has been happening within the sports culture of the U.S.? Yeah. Well, a lot, <laughs> a yes. lot, obviously. Um, even just in the last few years with the re- the ways that can be recruited now. Back in our day, we had to send in this VHS tape to one coach and hope that he watched it. Uh, now you just tag someone on Twitter and tag 400 people on Twitter, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you have 400 people watching your videos. Recruiting is a lot different today than it was back in our day. And, of course, now on campus with these NIL deals, which I'm not against, 
but they are changing the landscape of college athletics, not just in D1 either. It's in D2 now, and mm-hmm. and it's even going to come down to D3 and NAIA. Uh, the athletes will be allowed to be paid uh, to produce or to, to advertise things. Um, again, I'm not against it, but I see how it's changed, uh, recruiting especially. How's it, how's it impacted even further down? Like, what do you see with kids? I mean, it, with with little league and and how has that changed in in middle school sp- sports and clubs and high school? It seems like it's exploded. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it, now here's the tough side of sport, man. And this is, you know, I don't want to sound like the negative guy, but here's the tough side of sport, especially uh, in the high school and younger ranks. We have to remember that only six percent of all high school athletes will compete at any level of college sports. Mm-hmm. That's three out of fifty high school athletes. Every sport, every gen, whatever, will compete at the next level, D1, D2, NAIA, D3, NCCAA, only 6%. But yet, some like 70% think they want to and want to. Mm-hmm. So that leaves a big gap of disappointed kids who all of a sudden, after the end of their senior year, they're no longer in those competitive sports. And they've um, sacrificed time and, and money and all these things not for the enjoyment of it, but to get to college. And yeah. a lot don't, most don't. Is there a percentage that you have from the amount of college students who make it to the pros? Well, there are only a few sports, obviously. It is less than 1%. Yes. Less than 1% get paid for what they do later. Um, I know there's are some more leagues with more soccer leagues coming out. I know mm-hmm. there's a women's volleyball league starting. There's a softball league. Um, but it's limited. It doesn't pay that well. Uh, but it's still less than 1% of college athletes play at a professional level, which is why this NL, NIL deal has been different, and they're getting paid to advertise things now. Um, different levels, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've seen some of these um, guys getting recruited to these big-time football schools with seven-figure NIL deals, which just blows my mind. Um, some of the schools we like, some not so much, right? Um, but even in D2, I see some of the athletes that I work with, their Instagram accounts, you know, they're they're promoting different drinks around Allendale, Michigan. And, you know, I know they're receiving some money for that, but they get free stuff. And it's cool. You know, like I said, it's cool. But um, it is not that lucrative below D1, that's for sure. Um, so if that's the deal, to try and get into college to make that money, I mean, that's such a long shot. Such a long shot. But so many people will put all their eggs in that basket. And it just doesn't work out for a whole lot of high school athletes. So for many, many years before you're doing what you're doing now, I mean, you're walking beside middle school students. You're walking beside high school students. Do you see a lot of students from the past that, that now are older that their identity was so wrapped up in sport that the moment that that dream ended, it's almost like there's a huge gap or void no doubt. in their life? No doubt. And it's funny you say that because, I mean, that is my mantra. That, that's the thing that I try to encourage my athletes with the most is their identity. And that with this, those 6% of students that I get um, in college, knowing that at Grand Valley, odds are most of them will end their career at Grand Valley State. Mm-hmm. We had a couple football guys get uh, free agent contracts, but that doesn't mean they get into the league either. Um, so most kids at Grand Valley, that's where their careers end. So that's why it has to be about identity and your identity in Christ. And obviously we know, man, that, that doesn't change whether our arm is raised after a match or not or whether the scoreboard reflects it or not. Or even if we do make it to the next level, our identity doesn't change. And 
but I have seen so many young men and women who really strive for that college scholarship and not get it and just didn't know what to do after that. Dropping out of school and, and even what's actually fascinating, even those that do get into college and play at the next level, almost a third of them only play one year. They drop after their freshman year because mm-hmm. college sports are hard. There's a lot of time, a lot of commitment. It is the year-round stuff of workouts and, and on and on. And plus trying to juggle this, oh, yeah, we have to go to school. You know, yeah. um, It is a tough gig to be a college athlete. And so even those 6% that get in, only two-thirds of them move on past their first year of, of uh, sports in college. So we could get that snapshot and we kind of go to the other side of the coin. What opportunities have you seen through sports? through your small groups, through these organizations like, you know, Youth for Christ, FCA, more particularly Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Mm -hmm. Athletes in Action. So are you seeing these organizations really have impact and sport is actually a platform? Yeah, there's no doubt. What's, What's cool about the platforms that we get and cool about the things that we get to do are, they're not flashy. They're not huge. I mean, we have camps just like uh, the camps that's going on here in Indiana West, and we just had it a few weeks ago in Colorado. So we have those incredible, it's called Ultimate Training Camp. Uh, but most of our stuff is one-on-one sitting at a coffee shop just talking about their life. Mm-hmm. And it's never a downer because, man, they're athletes, man. We still want them to exceed. I want every one of the kids that I work with to be All-Americans. I'm like, that's still the goal. Yeah. Get after it. Be an All-American. Be an All-Conference player. Be a pro. You know, do all those things, but keep it in its proper context and hold it loosely. We still strive for it, but just remember our identity. Uh, more and more, though, we're seeing um, athletes are starting to get that. I'm telling you, God is moving crazy, not just in Grand Valley State, but, um, man, on all these college campuses with these athletes, man, because obviously our world is crazy right now. They're seeing the craziness. Um They've been promised so much all their lives. A lot of these athletes are promised, 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 and are seeing the stuff's not coming through like what was promised to them. And that's where we can get them, man. That what God promises, he always delivers. What God says is always truth. And your identity never changes. Well, again, whether you win or lose, All-American or bench warmer, none of that changes. And I think more and more student athletes are seeing that and believing that. And what's crazy on the other side of that, their performance is going crazy. We have some incredible, not just kids, but athletes. They're knocking heads. They're beating people up. They're getting the job done on the court, but soon as the whistle blows, and they're done. It's, it's just so encouraging to see mm-hmm. that they're living at that high of a level in their faith, on the field, in the classroom, in their relationships, in their spiritual growth. Uh, man, God is definitely moving through these college athletes. You know, we just we've seen that just recently with with women's softball at Oklahoma. Yes. And just a dominating program. Mm-hmm. Yet the storyline is how many championships they're winning, which they're winning tons. Yep. Yeah. And dominating women's softball. But it's the story of of incredible spiritual moments. We've yeah. seen that on our campus with yeah. our softball team here at Indiana Wesleyan and in every sport, by the yes. way, yeah. um, the I am third movement through the basketball program through to uh, Coach Tonigal and and all the way, it's you just see that the the level of 
of energy that sport is bringing when at the center of it is Jesus Christ and not just winning. Right. Right. And so do you see, uh, and this is, this is like your advice to all the people who are listening in youth ministry that, that maybe one of the ways they can influence their local schools, middle school, high school, even smaller leagues going down to children is to get involved somehow, um, through maybe coaching or assistant coaching or even just supporting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Nowadays, we we don't like the officials, but they are part of the game, right? Mm-hmm. We need officials also. Um, and every league, from every level that I've seen, they need officials, especially in the high school, little league levels. Um, it's not the glamour job, and you probably are going to take some stuff from parents, but, man, you can actually really pour into those kids on the field as an official, for sure as coaches too. It's needed. There, you don't have to know the game that well to coach kids. You're, you're coaching them to become better. You're coaching them to push themselves. You're coaching them to uh, do things that they could never do before. We can all do that. We can all encourage these young kids. Yeah. We don't have to know all the X's and O's. We don't have to know even how to throw a ball, hit a ball. The baseball will come. It's coaching and managing people. That's the key to coaches, especially at younger levels, man. It's just being the encouragement. More and more we see a lot of these kids, man, if you were, especially males, you may be the only male positive influence that that kid has. And it's just for a 12 week season. And you have to go all in on it when you're doing that. Um, I love my son is actually a JV baseball coach, um, pointing to his youth group. He's also a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. He uses that platform. And he's not over spiritual on the baseball field, but they know who he is, they know what he does. And he acts like it. And he just encourages, 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 but also teaches the sport to get after that. That's the thing that sometimes we, we miss in Christian uh, sports is that doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden nicey-nicey. No, God doesn't create six, six, 300-pound dudes to, to be ultra-nice. When you're on the field, bust the guy's head in front of you. That glorifies God that you used all your gifts and abilities. He doesn't create seven-foot people to not dunk the ball. Yeah. Right? It doesn't create these these softball players who I guarantee you at Oklahoma, if they lose those games, their speech is exactly the same. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Coach Patty down there is incredible. She's a huge FCA sponsor. There's no doubt that that interview doesn't change even if they lose two games in a row. Mm-hmm. He doesn't create women to play that like they play just to sit around and not do it. They all glorify the Lord because of how they play and how they act. And if we can do that at a younger age, and if we can get involved as a coach, like you said, or as a mentor, yeah. or even just sitting in the stands cheering. And I get we're competitive. I get we want to win, and that's okay. But it has to be in the proper context because I have yet to see how a game has changed any of our lives one way or the other because we win or lose, especially at a little league level, right? <laughs> yeah. But my goodness, sometimes, hey, I've been there a couple of times, man. But they're just games. They're just games. Yeah. But sport, sport, man, that's where it is. Sport is perfect. Sport teaches us all those things. Games, just part of sport. Mm-hmm. I think we've elevated the games above sport, and that's, I think, where we're missing it right now. That's really well said, man. You know, uh, thinking about youth pastors, people in churches, I know for me I did this multiple times. I know other churches have done these things. For example, uh, we would pick 
every, we do this with all the sports, but we'd say, hey, coach, can we, after Thursday practice, bring in dinner mm. and just take care of them? Yeah. Can we bring, do a break? I know churches will do this, that, that on game day or game night, they'll, they'll do a tailgate for people to come by and just to connect with families. So they're all, you know, going to the game and they'll do a tailgate. I would I used to do this in Indiana in the winter. Basketball dominates the state of Indiana. Right. I mean, you've got some of the largest basketball arenas in the world all located in the state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I would do at times is I would just spend twenty dollars on popcorn. And you know, those that's the you know, when you can get one bag for a dollar. Right, right. You know, and, and I would buy popcorn and we'd go watch the game and it's like as we're meeting with students and I don't know that kid and they don't know me, it's like, hey, you need some popcorn? And they would they were sitting around the area that we're sitting, or one of the other students would invite them to come sit with us. And next thing you know, we're just hanging out eating, watching a game, and then there's an introduction. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, so not even if you're a coach, you could do things, you could do food drops, you can provide drinks, you can and there's so many opportunities to be creative. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny to say because, you know, we, we think about, you know, how do we get people together in the same mm-hmm. area? Like, they're going to gather, right? Students gather somehow. What better way than with sports? We all know that we have at least one thing in common is we're all cheering for that same yes. team, right? Here in Marion, we're all ch- cheering for the Wildcats. So we wear, it's the only time I wear red, of course, is when I wear IWU wear, right? Mm-hmm. But at least we all know we're IWU fans, if nothing else. In Allendale, we are all Laker fans. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Muslim, Jew, Christian, gay, straight, Republican, Democrat, none of that matters because we're all Laker fans. At that moment, we're all bonded together some way. There's no other thing that's like sport that brings people together of different walks and different thoughts and different cultures like sport does. Again, that's why sport is perfect because it brings people together that would never sit at a table with someone else, but, man, we're wearing the same color shirt with the GVSU on it, so, therefore, Yeah, cool. that's yeah. a really good point, Steve. Yeah. Wow, it is. It is. A, uh, it's the race to the end zone. Right. That really matters, that, yeah. that or, you know, to the final score. And yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been a part of some pretty crazy things. I remember uh, the first time that a dear friend of mine, Adrian, let me help do a chapel for South Carolina. Yeah. And Lou Holtz is the coach. And they're playing Clemson, you know, their arch rival. And I remember going into that chapel, and uh, uh, they said, don't, don't address Coach Holtz. That's famous Lou Holtz. Don't, you do your thing, and then you go sit down. Yeah. And so I did my thing. I sat down, and Coach Holtz, Walked up, turned around, shook my hand. I sat in the front row, and then he got up to address the team. And from that point on, I began to notice the opportunities to be in the locker rooms, to, to do chapels. And it ended up doing a lot of those with Adrian, uh, connecting with the you know one of the chaplains for the Colts and doing chapels for away teams, like for Cleveland Browns or Miami Dolphins, whatever team that happens to be coming to town. And what I noticed is, well, who will show up? I remember the first time I did uh, the Cleveland Browns. They were doing a preseason game here in Indianapolis. And and they said, whoever shows up, shows up. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like there's 40 people in the room. 
And these are people that I know. It's like, whoa. Mm. I mean, I know that person. I mean, they're famous. Yeah. And they were unified. They they were all like wanting to know more about Jesus Christ. And they didn't get a chance to go to their home churches on Sunday morning. And next thing you know, it, it's like there's like this whole open door that if you connect with them on that spiritual level, they all want to have that one thing in common. And it wasn't their favorite high school team or college team or even the sport they were playing. It was the common denominator of Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. That's one thing with the chapels that I do, man. I It's rarely do I relate them to the sport. We don't have to do that. Yeah. Right? The gospel is going to stand on its own, man. We don't have to say, it's just like when you're in a football game. We don't do that. We just preach the gospel, and that stands by itself. So if somebody wanted to start something in their small town or at their church or whatever, are there a couple tips that you would say, hey, here's how you can, like, you know, help out and or jump in or even begin to connect with some of the things that are happening in your community? Yeah, yeah. I, I know at the uh, high school and middle school level, I would definitely say FCA is the, the route to go with that. FCA does a incredible job with the middle school and high school sports mm-hmm. uh, and even with travel sports they're doing more of that now as well um, and there are FCA reps all across the country um, but I would definitely say and for one get involved in kids sports somehow like you said either with coaching or umping or or get on one of the boards but on the other side and get FCA involved somehow more and more and there's a desperation for it there's desperation for faith community. We don't see it on TV. We're, we're distracted that it's not the case, but it's 100% the case. People are looking for community in that realm of, of spirituality, and this is a great vehicle to, to bring that. And now with more and more uh, Sundays are no longer off limits for even high school athletics, mm-hmm. and I, I get it. I, I I know a lot of youth pastors, especially, that are bummed at that because a lot of their kids are now practicing and mm-hmm. whatnot on Sundays. Tough. It is tough. But you know what? Does it have? Do we have to do youth group at 6 p.m. only on Sunday night, only in our building? Or can youth pastors find out a time when he can meet their athletes or she can meet their athletes at a different time, a different place? Mm-hmm. You know, are youth pastors willing to say, okay, maybe it's not going to be in our building, but we can meet at McDonald's at 6 a.m. on Wednesday because they'll all be there. Mm-hmm. You're still pouring in the students. You're still preaching the gospel. You're still doing Bible studies. Yes. And so, man, we as pastors have to maybe do things differently also. You know, we can use our facilities in that unique way because I, I know I would do this at, at Ground Zero and Skyline where we would actually put the logo on our doors for the local sports team mm-hmm. that was coming to use our facility for their sports banquet. Mm. So they were coming to our youth center for a sports banquet because – they needed some place to go. So a lot of our churches, we have great facilities to yeah. host events sure. that they need. They need to have an awards a banquet. They need to go someplace. Yeah. We can open our doors. And yeah. you're right, Steve. It, it's it's I know for this is even going back in the day, you know, twenty years ago, where I had a small group that was made up of just athletes because the only time they could get together during that season was the morning. Yeah. And they had a, they had a, you know, a schedule that was pretty intense, yep. you know. And mom and dad would say, "You will not miss practice." Now you can miss church, whatever, and that hurt, you know. And it's like, "What? How am I doing this?" So instead of instead of like ripping mom and dad to their 
their son and daughter. It's like, hey, how about if we meet on Thursday at this time? And it would grow. I remember uh, doing this where where we started out with like seven students. The next thing we got 45 showing up. Yep. And that became the thing where I had to change my order at Starbucks and get those travelers and then <laughs> stop and get the donuts and, and then show up with the coffee and donuts. And next thing you know, I mean, we have a sizable mini youth group happening. Had to adjust that budget, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. At, yeah. And it was at the school because they let us use a room. Yeah. Yeah. And athletes are committed. When they commit, they're committed also. Yeah. That's the thing I love about them. Um, I mean, they're still kids. They still do dumb things sometimes. But, man, are they committed. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you have a group of athletes, man, you find a way to disciple them. You find a way to disciple them. Yes. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. You know, uh, having you on this podcast is is pretty cool. Our relationship over the years, all the history, I, I you know, the, the camps that we're at where it's yeah. boiling lava hot. <laughs> The camp that we're at, where where you're resuscitating somebody who had oh a heart gosh. attack on the sports field, yeah, you know, and then we gotta go out and preach that night, yeah, you know, and and mm. after s- stuff like that, I mean, some of the crazy stuff, but I I think what has really bonded us is, man, sharing all those moments, seeing all these students accept Jesus Christ or come no back to Him no or make a new commitment or recognize they can do it, they can actually do it. And it never gets old. It doesn't. It doesn't get old, man. That, the gospel stands on its own every time. Yes. It, it, may, it never sounds different, but, man, it, it feels different every time. Ooh, that's good. Can I, can I quote that? Yeah, and it's recorded, so I said that. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. We'll give you credit. You have to footnote that one. That's yeah, right. A-P-A-N-M-L-A way, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> Bro, thanks yeah. so much for coming oh, in. Dude, thank you, man. I, I, Charlie, I just, I always appreciate seeing you and, and talking with you and hanging with you, yeah. man. And um, just what you do, and all the lives you've touched for sure, man. It's just so inspiring, and encouraging, and um, yeah, man. Thank you so much for letting me do this. Well, boom and boom. We would like to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Western University for allowing us to use their podcast studio and their facilities. I also want to thank The Called Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Called Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Once again, thank you for listening to a couple of old guys talking about ministry principles. We have over 70 years of ministry experience, and we'll see you next week.